Many of you know that last Sunday we were away. We spent the weekend with our oldest daughter, Lauren, at college. And on Saturday evening, we spent some time with her at a local park near her college. She wanted to take us. And we walked along this path, and there was a creek next to it. And you could go down to the creek at different spots along the way. And we did just that. And it was a wide creek, sort of slow moving, and it had pools along the way. And we stopped and really enjoyed that. And as a part of it, I picked up a couple rocks and began to skip them along the, the pool pools that were in that creek and Lauren said man dad you are really good at that and we talked a little more and I picked up a couple more rocks and she's like dad I just can't believe how good at skipping rocks you are and I was like why are you so surprised and she said well usually when it comes to anything athletic you're no good at all <laughs> thanks it's nice to be built up by family but she's right. That is true. I've talked about it in here before that I am not an athlete in any way. And so usually I don't even try anything that's athletic because I know I'm not going to be very good at it. And most of us have those areas of life where we know we're just not good and we don't really know how to get any better. So we just stay away from that stuff. Maybe you have some areas of life for you like that as well. But one of the problems with that is that can transfer over into things like our spiritual life. Maybe if you're really honest this morning with yourself and you would say, I just don't know that this whole being a Christian thing, I don't know that I'm really very good at it. I don't think I've figured it out. And that can be true for lots of different reasons. There can be different things going on in your life. You might look in your life and say just honestly, there's sin in my life, and I don't like that. I don't like who I am in those moments. I don't like that part of me, but it is there. And so we do stuff we know is wrong, stuff that we know is displeasing to God, or we fail to do some things that we know we really should be doing. And all of that makes us feel like I'm not a very good Christian. Or we could look around, maybe in this room or among our family or certain friends and say, I look at those people and it seems like they're a lot further down the road of being a good Christian than I am. They have this thing figured out in ways that I don't understand. I mean, the way that they talk, they're not trying to show off or make me feel bad, but they know more about God than I do. They talk to God in a way that I never do. They have experience with, experiences with God that I never have. I'm just not doing this right, and I'm not doing something that they're doing that they've got figured out. Or we just might look in our lives and say, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing that much. I don't feel like I'm really engaging with my faith in any meaningful way. It feels like there's more that I should be doing. Now, when we get to that point, we might react in one of two ways. Maybe there are some others, but I think two main ways. And one of the things that we, we do when we feel like we're inept, like we, we don't know what to do, is we just say, I quit. Right? I, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm no good at it, so why should I keep doing it? I don't know how to get better, so I just think I'm, I'm done because I'm tired of feeling like a failure. Now, if that's where you are this morning, and maybe you're sort of contemplating, I think I'd just like to give up on this thing. Let me tell you right now, God does not want you to give up. 
God has not given up on you. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of the sin in your life, God wants to forgive you of that. He wants you to change it. He doesn't want you to keep doing it, but He is ready to forgive. Every single one of us have had to go to God and say, God, I am sorry for this. It shouldn't have happened. shouldn't have happened again, but it did. And I need forgiveness. And every single time, God is forgiven. So today, if you're contemplating walking away because you don't think you've got this thing figured out, know that God is in your corner. God wants you to stay engaged. God does not want you to give up because he's never given up on you. Okay, that's one way that we might react. We might want to give up. And if that's where you are, don't do it. Okay, another way that we might react when we feel like we're not doing this very well is to say, okay, I've got to figure this thing out, and I bet there's some kind of rules and regulations I've missed. I bet there's some way to get myself on the straight and narrow, and if I set it up just right, I'll be a better Christian. Or maybe there's some secrets out there that other people know, so I'm going to buy some books, look on some websites. There's plenty of, of websites out there that will tell you the secret to living the Christian life, okay? You can find it. Somebody thinks they know something that no one else in the last 2,000 years of Christian history, they know it, and if you'll just follow it, if you'll make that part of your life, you'll get this thing figured out. Okay, there's nothing wrong with trying to be a better person. There's certainly nothing wrong with trying to eliminate the sin in our lives. There's nothing wrong with trying to follow Jesus better. All those things are good, but when we take them to the extreme, they can be bad. And that's what Paul deals with in the passage that I want us to look at today. We're continuing in the series that we're calling Complete. And as we've studied through Colossians, what we found is that Paul keeps using this word complete or full. He's telling us that Jesus is the complete, full picture of God. And if we want to know God, we look to Jesus. And Paul is also saying to the Colossian Christians, listen, if you want to be complete in your relationship with Jesus, this is how to do it. So as Paul writes to this church in sort of an out-of-the-way small town near the big town of Ephesus where Paul may be in prison. He could be in Rome. We've talked about we're not sure. But Paul's writing to this group of Christians he's never met. They've heard about Jesus through a man named Epaphras that Paul himself taught. And, and he's heard back some things that are going on in Colossae. And he's heard that there's some teaching that's not exactly right that's beginning to circulate. Now this happens all the way through the New Testament. Paul is often dealing with false teaching in some of the letters that he writes, and sometimes he's just right out there, he'll say, this is what you've been taught, and it's wrong. In other letters, he just sort of mentions it to the side, and then says what's right. And we have to read between the lines. And in Colossians, we're doing more reading between the lines, because it's a little harder to figure out. But this is Paul's approach. And we've talked about this a couple times. If there's false teaching, if there's teaching that's just not exactly right, the first thing you've got to do is get your understanding of Jesus right. And that's where we left off last week. That's what Paul was doing. He did it back in chapter 1 as well in verses 15 through 20. You've got to understand who Jesus is, what he was all about, and then you can get the false teaching out of the way. And then he addresses the false teaching itself. That's where we come to today. And we're going to pick that up in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. And this is one of our few sort of clues as to this is what was going on in Colossae. He says this, 
Therefore, and the therefore refers back to, he's just talked about Jesus on the cross. So because of Jesus on the cross, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. What in the world is Paul talking about? Now, the people who study New Testament Christianity closest, the biblical scholars say they think what's going on here is in the church in Colossae, there are some Christians who were Jews. And what they're saying is, listen, we want you to excel in your Christianity. And here's the secret to doing it. If you really want to be a a good Christian, a super Christian, here's what you need to do. You need to take some practices that we find in what we now call the Old Testament, what they called the Bible, because that's the only Bible they had. You need to take some practices that are there and bring them over into your Christianity, over into your faith in Jesus, and then you'll be a really good Christian. So there's food laws back in the Old Testament law. Okay? You need to obey those food laws. What it says you can eat, the way you prepare food, and certain things you can't eat. And you need to follow some celebrations that are there. Some festivals that are mentioned in the Old Testament. And you need to follow the rules for the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is not Sunday. Okay? Sunday is a different thing. The early Christians began to worship on Sunday because Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday. Sabbath is a celebration that God was creator and rested on the seventh day and offers us a time of rest as well. And they say if you do those things, the food laws, the festivals, the Sabbath laws, then that will lead you to be a really good follower of Jesus. It will produce fruit in you that you just cannot imagine. Paul says, if you're a Christian in Colossae and somebody comes to you and says, you know what, you're not, you're not following all the rules. You're not following the Sabbath rules, the food rules, the festival rules. We don't think you're really getting this thing. He says, don't let them do that. He goes on, verse 17. These, these festivals, Sabbath, food laws, all that, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You see, Paul Paul knew all about the food laws, all about the festivals, all about the new moons, all about the Sabbath laws, because Paul is a Jew. Paul is a, a leader among Jews before he became a Christian. And so he's aware of all that, and he says those things... Not necessarily bad, but here's what they are. It's like you're standing in front of a wall. There's a light behind you. What do you see on that wall? You see your shadow, right? You can probably even recognize that shadow as you. But it's certainly not the same thing as looking in a mirror. Because you will see yourself infinitely more clearly in the mirror than as a shadow. And Paul says all that stuff that they're trying to tell you is like the way to become a really good Christian, that's the old stuff. That's the shadow. Yeah, some of those things like the the Sabbath laws, why aren't they there? They remind us that God is creator, that God needed rest, that we need to rest. Why do we have the food laws? It was about purity. Why do we have the festivals? Because they celebrated the action of God among his people, the Israelites. All those things pointed to something But they were not the reality. The reality is 
Jesus. And all those things that are, they're using to say you can become a really good Christian, man, they fail because we've got Jesus. They could never give a picture of God as clearly as Jesus. So if you want to know who God is, if you want to get close to God, don't worry about all these rules and regulations, celebrations, and what you eat. Instead, look to Jesus. Because that's how you're really going to understand who God is. He says these people, they get really, really proud of what they're doing, all the rules that they're following. But he says in truth in verse 19, they have lost connection with the head, with, from, the whole, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. He said, you know, they've gotten so full of themselves, so self-focused, that they're cut off from what really matters. Now, Paul's already used the image of a body for the church and Jesus as the head of the church. That's not new. He's talked about it in Colossians. So he's referring back to that, but he's saying, listen... A body without a head is dead, right? It's, it's not going to live. And he said they're so focused on their rules and regulations and Sabbath laws and festivals and all this stuff, they've forgotten who Jesus is. They think that's the reality. They're so focused on the shadow that they have forgotten the real thing. Jesus. And it's Jesus that gives the church, us, life. It's Jesus that directs us and animates us, takes us in the right direction. And if we get caught up in all this side stuff, naturally we're not going to understand what is real. And Paul says, think about it this way. You know, there was a time when you were not a Christian and you knew that there was no way that you were going to have the relationship with God that you needed. You knew you were in the wrong place. And what you did was you said, I want to follow Jesus, and you were baptized. Now, in baptism, you know, that's not something that we can do to ourselves. Baptism is something someone else must do to us. And in that, we are submitting ourselves to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There's an image of being sort of cleansed from our sin. There's new life. All those things are a part of it. And it all points to the fact that our complete, total trust is in what Jesus is doing. And when we start focusing on 27 other laws, rules, and practices over here that are supposed to keep us safe, that are supposed to keep us pointed in the right direction, we're going backward. We're headed in the wrong direction. Because instead of focusing on Jesus, who changes us, who can actually make a difference in us, we're back to focusing on ourselves and thinking somehow we can change everything. And that's not reality. Paul takes it a little further as he brings us to a close in verse 22. These rules, all these rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use. So all this stuff is eventually going to fade away, right? What we eat won't matter eventually because we're going to die. And in eternity, we won't need it. Okay? Uh, the, the calendar won't be needed. All those things will perish with use and are based on merely human commands and teachings. This is all about tradition. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and with their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Paul says you think all this is going to make you into the person that you want to be, but the truth is it's not 
going to work. Because you've missed Jesus. Even though you think you're important, it looks good to people, you're doing something. You're missing Jesus. And if you're missing Jesus, you're missing everything. To me, the lesson that Paul is trying to teach these Colossian Christians and that we learn from this same passage is that extra rules don't make you extra spiritual. You see, we, we like rules. We're a culture based on laws, right? I mean, that's what our government does. It gives us laws that we live by, and that goes all the way back to the beginning of our country and even before that, certainly. And in our country, when something goes wrong, whatever organization you've got, what do you do if you deal with the what? What do you do to deal with the problem? You you make policy, you make a manual, a handbook, and then you use the the, the rules in the handbook to govern the organization. We like that. It makes us feel safe. It makes us feel like we got things figured out. Paul's saying, listen, when it comes to your faith, that's not how it works. Because you can't fix it. Instead, focus on Jesus. Because all your extra rules, regulations, laws, practices, whatever it is you've got, none of that's going to make you any more spiritual, any better than you are today. If you want to know who God is and grow in your relationship with Jesus, with Him, focus on Jesus. Now that takes us in a direction that I think we need to think through. What, if, if it's not about rules and regulations and special practices and holidays, what is it about? Three things that the Bible actually talks about and Paul talks about here in Colossians. First of all, focus on Jesus. And, and if we want to know who Jesus is, we got to read who Jesus is. And that means we need to look at the Gospels and hear those stories and listen to Jesus' teaching and see what He did and go through His death on a cross and His burial and His resurrection. We need to focus on Jesus because that's where the power is. It's not in me. I don't have this figured out. None of us do. But if we want to know God and grow in our relationship with Him, we've got to focus on Jesus. And the second part, which is closely related to that, is to look to the Bible. I mean, we can't know who Jesus is without going to the Bible. Because that's where we find the story. That's where we find the early church grappling with what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. That's where we find out where they were exploring who is Jesus now that he's died and been raised from the dead and has ascended to heaven. What does that mean for us today? How is God at work among us now through Jesus? And so we look to Scripture. And it reminds us that, you know, Paul is not saying, he never says, well, it doesn't really matter what you do. Okay, Paul never says, you can just sort of do whatever you want and be close to God. Paul lays out clearly in many of his letters, listen, this stuff is wrong, stay away from it, this stuff is right, this leads you to God. But for Paul, it all goes back, it's all based in who is Jesus. And so we've got to study what Scripture actually has to say about this. And then finally, don't create new rules. We really do like them because they make us feel safe. 
I mean, as parents, what we want to do is create rules in our home that we, we believe will keep our kids on the right path and away from things that are dangerous. And in some ways, we do this for ourselves. We create rules and regulations that we think are going to keep us on the right path with God. Paul says, resist that urge in your Christian walk. Instead of focusing on all those rules and regulations, focus on Jesus because the rules and regulations usually don't take you to God and they're not that great at keeping you away from sin. Leanne and I sort of figured this out early in our, our dating, back in the 80s, okay? We began dating and we both grew up in really sort of conservative, a little bit legalistic Christian traditions that did incredible good for us and led us to become the people that we are and we're super thankful for them, but sometimes we didn't understand them too, okay? And so Leanne grew up in a church where the kind of music that people, good Christian young people listened to in the 80s was Christian music. I mean, that's what you were allowed to do. So, man, if you were a Christian and you were a teenager, a student, then you were supposed to listen to Sandy Patty, Amy Grant, and Steve Green. Most of you have no idea who those people are, okay? That's okay. Somebody does. All right. But you didn't listen to rock music. You didn't listen to pop music. That's devil music, okay? You stay away from that. So when you're at the mall, you don't even go into the record store because if you come out, they might not know what music you were looking at in there, okay? So stay away from that stuff. Now, I grew up in a church that was very different from that because we didn't use any instruments in worship. So people who were worshiping God and picked up a guitar or played a piano... That's the devil music, okay? Because that's just wrong, all right? It's just wrong. So you can listen to rock music, pop music, anything else, but don't listen to that devil music that other people play to God because that is just not right. So for me, I couldn't go in a Christian bookstore because what are they playing and what do they sell in the Christian bookstore? All that devil worship music that has guitars and pianos. So when we went to the mall, we couldn't go to the record store because Leanne might get in trouble, and we couldn't go to the Christian books. The first time I walked into a Christian bookstore, I was like, this place, I should not be here, okay? <laughs> and what I'm telling you is those rules and regulations did nothing to help us get closer to God or to overcome sin in our lives, or to become the people that God really wanted us to be. And so, the lesson for us that Paul was teaching 2,000 years ago and we're still struggling to learn is that extra rules don't make us extra spiritual. Let's pray together. God, rules make us feel safe. So we make a lot of them up. And it's partly because we, we want to please you. But God, help us in those moments when we really do want to please you and grow in our knowledge and our relationship of you. Help us to focus on Jesus because it's Jesus you've given us. And we pray it all in his name. Amen.